Mike, you might want to get where you can see this. You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Hey, where I'm, uh, now look, here's a house full of bees. Like you think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Let's, let's get one thing straight. Guns don't kill people. Not bad. Calabria. Calabria, what is that? Uh, it's a song. I don't know if you noticed that pregnant pause right there, but I was waiting for some random reggae song to come. <laughs> on oh, no, I fixed that problem. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> no, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, it's a song. So that was Calabria 2007. Which is like just a great groove, you know, good, yeah. good dance song. I've and definitely heard that song a bunch. Yeah, and I can't, I can't place where. Well, one of the things, one of the reasons you probably can't place it is that it's been done by thousand different people. Okay, it's almost like an open source song. It's like that Suavecito song when you go to Mexico. It's just exactly, like every resort has a different version of that. Yeah, play. live versions of bands playing it, and yeah, that's what this song is. Um, it was originally done by this Danish, uh, DJ Rune, I think his name is. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it was just done over and over and over again. I think he just kind of sold out like as much as he possibly could just sold the rights to anyone who wanted it. And, good man. Good yeah, man. Totally. And now there's all these awesome like versions of it. That one I think is the very best, but, um, yeah, just a, such a great groove. Uh, speaking of selling out, one of the old bands I was in, which will remain nameless right now, uh, just got contacted by the publishing department of the Metaverse or Facebook. Yeah, you that wants to license or some song that was written uh, 15, 20 years ago or something. Are you going to make a ton of money on that? I don't know, but I'm not going to push... Um, I'm not going to cash the royalty check because if I get a royalty check from the Antichrist, which is Mark Zuckerberg, that thing's getting framed here in the studio. I don't, depending. I don't we're going to have to establish, <laughs> establish an over-under. Let's take a photocopy of it, maybe. <laughs> we'll frame that. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying uh, we're broke, but we definitely could use the money. <laughs> it's funny. It's the singer for the band who's still a, a dear friend of mine still to this day. Um, hit me up and said, hey, uh, this is kind of out of the blue, but you know, it's got contacted by Facebook. I, I think they contact the old label we were on or a publicist. I, I don't even know. And I was like, I, I, I don't care. Wait, yeah, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter to me. And then um, 
she laid out it's it's like she goes so they're gonna option the licensing it's it's an opt-in clause and just on i was like i, I just texted back I'm like i don't know what any of that means and it's fine with me just whatever you want to do <laughs> <laughs> there's money you're you're talking about sending me money right yeah yeah, yeah absolutely i'm, 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 I'm all, all in, in. <laughs> yeah here's i'll take a photocopy of my signature along with my social security number to send it to you you handle all the paperwork uh, so I, ch- I was trying to uh, not necessarily do a deep dive, but speaking of art, because um, remember we talked about they were going to make a Sister Act 3, but Whoopi Goldberg says she's not going to make it unless that Maggie Thompson signs on. And she made mm-hmm. a public plea for Maggie Thompson. She goes, I can't do it with you. But now I'm looking at this. Without you. Without you. Thank you. Now I'm looking at this. Sister Act 3. Kick- By the way, uh, please correct me when I make mistakes from now on. It's okay. just, it's too painful going back and listening to the mistakes that I make and then having Jake comment on it. Oh, he's still in a mad rage that I refer to the guy from the, uh, the matrix as an emo. That was me. Oh, was that you? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I just, I'm not, he was ranting about that last night. I'm was like, he? Yeah. Duty. Eventually <laughs> you're going to have to, uh, Either die on this hill, or you can ask <laughs> go, to work go, this out. Go, my go confront the guy. Or, <laughs> yeah, I just don't care enough to really know the name of the, the well, characters. My thought is, movies, I was like, if you were going to listen to two guys day drinking <laughs> an hour and a half into a podcast and get mad when they mispronounce something, it's it's going to be a long day. That's on you. So back to what really matters is. I'm seeing that the Sister Act 3, it's called Kicking the Habit, is going to be released in 2024, but I don't think they've resolved this co-star issue. And I looked yeah. up several articles on this. Huh. Mike, you, Mike, you got any thoughts on this? No, none at all. Okay. Huh. All right. I'll start the show then. Well, I guess. <laughs> Before we do, though, um, speaking of uh, movie reviews, mm-hmm. our, on our last podcast when we did the uh, cocaine bear, and then we also uh-huh. kind of did that uh, the fight scene from the hockey game. So, okay. We have video... Of that, we actually were, were transitioning into video on at Liberty Tree, mm-hmm. and uh, I posted that for our Patreon subscribers oh, on the Patreon page. So, um, if you didn't uh, get a notification, if you're so if you're one of our supporters on Patreon, that's up. So uh, check it out. It's probably a little bit more entertaining than just Matt and I sitting here watching movies and talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we Audio. should also. Uh, I don't want to put the cart too far ahead of the horse here, but. Um, uh, what Kelly just mentioned there is that we are switching to videos, which means we will be available within the next two weeks. God willing. God willing. It just jinxed us right there. <laughs> Way to say it out loud, dude. But, um, so you can look for us on um, other platforms, Rockfin, Odyssey, BitChute, um, Rumble. Yeah. Given that we <laughs> figure out all their algorithms. And there's zero chance that we're going to be able to be on YouTube. Yes. Just yes. our intro alone, I think, keeps right. us off YouTube. Right. And we're, we're going to get kicked off anyway, so... Well, we've been looking forward to that, though, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of it's a, a mirror. Another letter that gets framed and put in the, in the studio here. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, so, hey, while we're talking about movies real quick, is, as you may or may not know, my favorite movie of all time is... Texas Chainsaw Texas Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, of which they made a second one that was really good. They made a third one, which was a little lackluster. I mean, they've made several like different remakes. The second and, one is uh, Texas De- Chainsaw Massacre 2? Right, with Dennis Hopper. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then the one that they just remade recently. Yeah. So is that one good? So was that the XX version? No, they just it's just called. Uh, I think it's just called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I think it's it, like a right. remake. Yeah. And I didn't know they released it, and so I ended up. Um, my family was out of town, and I never watch movies and never have time to sit around. I was like, I'm just gonna relax and stretch and and put on a movie. And I saw it, and I was like. 
<sighs> do I watch this? It's like when your favorite band gets back together. Like, mm-hmm. should I just kind of let Sleeping Dogs lie and have the, the memories? And um, I watched it, and it kicks off with like kind of a woke component. I was like, oh man, it's like wow, and it is really good. It's amazing. So huh. I'm guessing you're not going to watch this. So spoiler alert yeah, is um, Leatherface walks onto a bus and it's like this bunch of tech hipsters and they got their phones out and they're filming him and they're like, you're so canceled right now, bro. And they're like live streaming it. And he just fucking plows through this bus full of tech hipsters with a chainsaw and kills everybody. Maybe I will watch <laughs> it's it. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm texting all of our friends. like, dude, drop everything and watch the new Texas Chainsaw. Oh my God. Massacre. It's so good. Okay. <laughs> You got me. <laughs> You're gonna like it. You're gonna like it. <laughs> I hate horror movies. They and and, uh, and there's just one girl left at the end who was just this like annoying, just entitled, just shithead. Really? And I'm like, ah, man. And me, me and my buddy were talking. I was like, man, the movie is pretty much perfect, except that she survived. And they're like, drive. They're in the self-driving Tesla, and they're going back to Austin. Obviously, is where they're from. And uh, just at the last second before the credits roll on, he punches through the window and cuts her fucking head off with a chainsaw. No. <laughs> yes. Really? <laughs> oh, I'm perfect. by myself in the living room I'm like, yes! <laughs> that was a great movie! <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. This movie sounds better than the first. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. I was impressed. Cool. I'm going to watch it again tonight. There's something that happens with horror movies, and I don't like horror movies. Yeah, so um, I love Because they, they give me... They just make me scared of the dark, and I don't like being scared. Mm-hmm. Um... But as horror movies progress through the sequels, yeah, unlike any other genre, they tend to get better. Yeah, there's something that they um, that they have that other movies don't, where they can double down on the same jokes or improve on the the, right. the previous yeah. memes and get better. And other movies can't do that. Yeah, but like the Evil Dead. Stuff like I personally think that they got better as they went yes. along, and the great Army of Darkness, um, yeah. Great. yeah, yeah. So this is why I'm just so apprehensive to go see Six uh, Sister Act Three because just no, I know the it's, legacy. It's although trilogies tend to be uh, better than movies with just a sequel. So yeah, good you know, point. Good point. I would, I'd keep an open mind if I were you. Okay. Yeah. Um. So check it out. Okay. <sighs> We're, you know, by all accounts, we're we're a small podcast, right? Okay, we don't have a, a huge following, um, but we're out there, and I have noticed that other podcasts tend to um, say things that we've said before, mm-hmm. or hit points that we've hit, um, and we got there first on right. some things, right? And it's possible that some of these bigger podcasts are listening to our podcast and getting ideas from them. Really? Well, it's possible. Hey, yeah, sure. Right? I'm not well, saying well, that. Well, yeah, because when we start this podcast is, I mean, it's just, I, I say it's so similar to being in a band. It's like, what's your podcast? It's like, honestly, it's an amalgamation of everything that we listen to. Right. You, you know what I mean? You can't help, can't help that. Right. right. Exactly. And if you... Um, the only reason that our podcast is small is just it hasn't been heard by um, a lo- – <laughs> this sounds so stupid, but it hasn't been heard by a lot of people. 
<laughs> okay, I'm tracking. My, I'm right? tracking. You're right? Doesn't that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, uh, try a race board to work yeah. out this math. <laughs> Seriously, no, stick with me here. Um, anyways, we, we are in contact with other podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it wouldn't be unheard of for them to listen to our podcast. Right. Especially because it's so good. Yeah. They would probably listen just out of sheer joy. Right. And so as they're listening, they hear ideas that we talk about and they go, oh, that's a good point. And I, you know, they carry it on. They they do things that we do. I've I've noticed that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that it's um, because they're they're copying us or whatever, but um, it's possible that, that they are. It's also possible that it's just this synergy that happens with you know, like minds. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, yeah. Like I was saying before, it's, it's like so much of the stuff that I bring to the table is absolutely spurned as an idea from like another podcast that I heard. Yes. Right. Well, I came across something that is undeniably one of our, really our ideas that was totally ripped off by another podcast. I'm like, uh, like a little nervous right now. I know. Well, I'm calling them out cause it's, un- it's clear. That this happened. Is this someone that we like? This isn't going to bum me out, is it? Uh, well, I mean. Okay, you don't have to answer. Mock, mock, what is it? Mockery is the, or mimicry is the greatest form of flattery. Right. Um, so. Imitation. Imitation. Right. So I don't know if there's reason to be bummed out by this, but, Mm um. I'd be stoked, man. I I'm, I am kind of awesome. stoked. Yeah, uh, I would like a little credit, but we're, we're not, probably not going to get that. Right, and and frankly, and, and they we're, and we're also guilty of it. <laughs> oh, big time. Yeah. Um. So they they did this. Um. And it's a pretty big podcast. So it's the okay. Glenn Beck <laughs> podcast. Yeah, check it out. A few days last week, Pat Gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fell ill, and we found that, what was it, Thursday did you go in? I went in Tuesday. Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Uh, He went in Tuesday night, and Wednesday morning, we hear at 1 o'clock in the morning, Pat's in full kidney failure, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't look good. (laughs) And we're like, uh, all right, that doesn't sound good. And there was no good news. Um, And then Mm -hmm. we couldn't talk to him for, like, you know, a day or so. He's, oh, my kidneys are shut down. Uh, so, how dare you? I know. There the you audacity. go. audacity. I know. Can you believe that? He goes out and gets his kidneys to fail because yes. that bit works so well. Yes. Our, yeah. What's the, but you know what's the most infuriating thing about it? I think that they did it better than we did. Yes, they did. Which, I mean, you can't, uh, obviously, they're, they're very experienced. I mean, they got the budget. They have the voice. Right. I mean, you can't listen to Glenn Beck and not just, you know, love that voice. Yeah. It's like velvet. Here's the thing that they did, though, that we failed to do. And this, I'm kicking myself big time on this. The guy died? No. Okay. <laughs> no. They didn't feel the need to one up us, apparently. <laughs> Pussies. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, we're, we'll get them. Don't, don't worry. Uh, they use this as they have an agreement between the the two of them, uh-huh. Pat Gray and Glenn Beck. That if is he like the he's a co-host, right? He has his own show on the Blaze. Okay, and uh, he fills in for Glenn every time he's on vacation okay. or whatever. Gotcha. He and Stu. Um, Pat and Glenn made an agreement that if Glenn was ever going to, or if, if either of them were ever to fall gravely ill Mm -hmm. or actually die that the other one would use that opportunity 
to benefit financially. Good, absolutely. Yeah. Right? And we need to have the same agreement, by the way. Okay, yeah. Um, just kind of and, assumed. Well, we fucking blew it when my kidneys <laughs> shut down. So um, we really missed an opportunity there. Um, they went on for like a half an hour about these fucking cookies that Pat makes and sells on the internet. Uh, I'm not going to say the name of them because I'm so pissed off at him. Yeah, exactly. Yes. For stealing our bit. But, uh, yeah, it was, ah, I was, I, I just, I'm a, I, boy, I tell you, I'm just red faced right now (laughs) is I was so, I'm so self-absorbed and selfish that, you know, when I thought you were dying, I was concentrating on getting in your truck. Yeah. So I was like calling my friends. Hey, just so we're clear, I got dibs on his truck. I mean, you just bought a new, thir- you know, <laughs> 350. Like, I, that, that one's mine. We're all clearing this, right? And I didn't think, I wasn't thinking long term. I was being short. You lived. And it's just like, now we're kind of just left holding this empty bag that we could have been using to promote our online cookie brand, for yeah, example. Exactly. The hot sauce. The cold tubs that I'm making the, and the selling at kellycowandesigns.com <laughs> right now. Uh, my book, The Great American Contract. I mean, I am the one who was dying. So mm-hmm. I feel like maybe, you know, it should benefit me and my family yeah. first and foremost. But <laughs> all right, well, 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 dude, hey, you go shut your kidneys down. All right. I will happily I try promote- every Sunday before yeah. we start this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, you make me research, go research all that stuff you're saying. <laughs> well, anyways, we have our marching orders now. Okay, right, buddy. Yeah, if game ever, on. If that ever, challenge, ever happens again, challenge yeah. accepted. Okay, I can do better than kidneys. Had a boy. Had a boy. I think we need a little. Uh, let's start the show. Music. A what do you say? Cleanser. Yeah. Good morning. Time to get up and go to work. I, I, I'm a little pissed. It's hard. <laughs> I'm a hard time concentrating right now. <laughs> I hear you. But I'm flattered at the same time. I know. It is flattering. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, one could even say we're peers at this point. Oh, yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They obviously think so. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> Steal our material like that. So, uh, I, I was going through some stuff this week and a few things kind of stood out to me. Um, I'm going to leave it up to you. All right. Uh, the two things that I've been kind of thinking about the last couple of days is kids these days <laughs> and how they're just like fucked up. Yeah. Um, with depression and anxiety and it just, this one article kind of spurred it off to me and, it happened to be a time where my son had some friends over. You know, we're lucky enough. We have this chunk of property behind us where the kids can go out there and there's tire swings and tents and stuff to play on. Yeah. It's and funny that with all that, they still insist on playing right outside the door of the studio. Only when we're recording. <laughs> when we're done, they're back outside. <laughs> Assholes. Uh, I also um, have been doing a pretty deep dive on what I would call the hypocrisy of the climate activist movement. Hmm. I got, I can do both because okay. I, got, I got stuff on both. Uh, which one, which one's less, you know, let's do, uh, this climate thing's pretty, let's let Mike pick. Okay. Let's do the climate thing. Okay. Let's All talk right. about kids, man. So good idea. <laughs> <laughs> climate hypocrisy. Mike, it's your choice. Is hold on. What? Is this a good time to introduce the new segment? Oh yes. That we have. Absolutely. 
Okay. Okay. All right. Put put the pause button on the climate stuff. Gotcha. We're going to come right back to that. Yeah. Before we do that, though, we're going to do a new segment that we've uh, come up with here at the show. It's called Mike. You want to watch this monitor? It's called Mike's Open Mic. It's time for Mike's Open Mic, where Mike finally gets to talk about what he wants to talk about. Anything goes. That's right. The floor is yours, Mike. What interesting, fascinating topic has piqued your interest this week? It's Mike's Open Mic. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Mike. Take it away, Mike. Go for it, Mike. All right, Mike, what do you got? So I'm supposed to talk about something right now. Mm-hmm. The thing you just told me that I was going to do. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I got that. Um, All right, maybe next time. So climate change. Yeah, that's good. That's a good segment. I yeah. like that one. Good, good job. Mike. We're gonna win so much, you may even get tired <laughs> of winning. And you'll say, please, please. So this uh the kind of climate hypocrisy stuff is all being kind of seen through the prism of the electric vehicle, an electric car, which is all hands on deck as far as a movement here in California. Yeah, like if you had to pick a mascot for solving climate change that mascot would be an electric car correct <clears throat> correct which yeah so just to go through like we know most of the stuff but i just want to get some facts down so it's just not shooting from the hip here which is okay. what we usually do no no we're usually uh, so the california air resources board um they provide the advanced clean cars to rule that sets california on a path to rapidly grow the zero emission car movement um if you remember we've talked about before they want to make all cars sold in california by 2035, 100% electric. And well, there's a difference between electric and zero emissions, right? Yeah, we'll get there. I mean, the only zero emission car that I can think of is the one that Fred Flintstone does. horse and buggy. <laughs> no, not even no. that one. <laughs> and for people that think that... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh Sometimes the humor is just such at like a high intellectual level. I think it goes over some people's heads. Right. So maybe exactly. we can kind of just pump the brakes, you know, <laughs> kind of dumb it down for people every once in a while. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> so for people that think that this is, well, California's fucking whack jobs and who cares, is there are a lot of states that have in passed new legislation that when it comes to any kind of environmental legislation, it automatically gets enacted into their state, like Virginia to be the one. Virginia. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, okay, we're doing whatever California Virginia does. does it across the board. So they, for example, this this vehicle, 100% vehicle sold in the state by 2035 are electric. Virginia goes, yep, that's whatever you guys write, like we'll adopt it too, which is so bizarre and just Isn't like that, As a Virginian, right. how do you feel about that, that your state is being controlled by California? Especially since we had a net loss of a half million people in the last two years in California. That's right. due to two things. It's taxes and crime. And like, dying from I, COVID. You forgot yeah, it. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, I just can't handle the state anymore. And so you have all these other states. Like, 
all those that state where everyone's fleeing from, it's if you look at it, it's all the the states that are having net loss populations are all the uniparty states. It's like New York, mm-hmm. Massachusetts, California. And then to have a state like Virginia going like, yeah, that state where everyone's fleeing from, we'll just kind of no conversation adopt whatever policy that they decide to try out in that fucking bizarre utopia. Well, they have nothing to lose, really. And people fleeing California is good news for a dictator like Gavin Newsom. Yeah. He's like, I I want you people out of here. Yeah, sweet. Well, those are the people that are making you the money. Like, I don't care. We're just going to start printing. We're printing money. I'm just going to get money from from space, basically. Like, I, there's when no they get, incentive. When we, where did they get the idea for that model? Yeah. Well, he knows that that they're going to. It doesn't matter. It, to him, it literally doesn't matter. He's never going to get a negative. There's never going to be negative consequences for the things that he's doing. Just like when he was the mayor of San Francisco and he said, I'm going to end homelessness in San Francisco. There is zero downside to saying something like that. Right. He's never going to face any consequences. So. Yeah, it's like, pe- but edge, edge, going, yeah, um, we're aiming for zero traffic deaths by 2030. Like, what does that even mean? Which this has actually, he does mean something by that, but it's not what he's saying. Yeah, I know what he means. Yes. I'm not going to tell you, though. But, you know, what's you funny. I was, I was thinking of this governor Newsom thing about how he can just say things. And then we live in such a, a just a twisted, like mentally like unhealthy uniparty state. Is you know you'll have a guy like him come in going like, "Hey, I'm shutting, um, I'm shutting down your uh, local business. You're going to lose your business that you started, mm-hmm. and I'm not letting you go to work. And then I'm going to take your kids out of school, and uh, you're going to lose all the local businesses in your neighborhood. Now your kids not being educated. My kids are going to be educated. We've talked about this constantly. Ad nauseum. Yeah, and people still, there's just this fascination with the tribal binary. It's just like, this guy wrecked your life for two years. And people's response, yeah, but he's a Democrat, and so am I. And that's all that matters. And it's like, what, there's something wrong with your brain. If, if that's, you know what I mean? If, if that's what you're thinking is like. Is there something wrong with their brains, or is that just a innate part of being human that your brain... Just is like, just like tribalism. Yeah, yeah. We we talked about that uh, during the week. That there's this idea of higher, or yeah, basically this this idea of in a tribe there's a hierarchy, and mm-hmm. in order to survive in the tribe, you need to be close to the people at the top. Right. And if you identify, you know, if you're of the human, the Homo sapien tribe, and the other tribe is this Neanderthal tribe mm. like you what is your choice you're obviously going to choose the right. human tribe and you want to be close to the the leaders of that tribe right and if those leaders are saying one thing you're like all right i'm on board because what's my other option neanderthals like that's gonna yeah that's not gonna work out well over there you just perfectly illustrated the mask <laughs> debate exactly yeah that's what it is that's exactly what what it is so what so people in masks do not be trusted uh-huh <laughs> Still, still, I mean, I was going to bring in, bring this up if we were going to talk about like the younger generation and just their debilitating rates of anxiety and depression and suicidality. And, and we have made, it's worse even with even like real young kids, but I'm seeing just 
this on display with you know, people I see at the store. People are 21, 22, mask, gloves on. Ugh. Like still it's God. outside. In your car by yourself. It is yeah, it's 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 bizarre. So back to electric cars. So they're aiming for thirty percent of all cars being net zero by twenty twenty six. What that means exactly, who the fuck knows? Because I think they just what I'm gonna get at here, because what we talked about when we brought this up before is the hypocrisy of so this is all being done by the what is it, uh, California Air Resources Board. It's, mm-hmm. They're the ones that enact these policies. And do you remember? So this was in August that Gavin Newsom announced this plan that all cars are going to be electric by 2035. Yeah. Three days later, they go like, "Do not use, do not charge your electric car. The the electrical infrastructure can't handle it." Right. And we're like, okay, so that's low hanging fruit hypocrisy, right? Right. And we talk about all the time that. These people are not uh, – I'd like to ridicule it. Some of these people are dumb. Kamala Harris is fucking dumb. Yeah. yeah she's not smart. Not smart. Uh, KJP is fucking dumb. But yeah. Gavin Newsom is a smart dude. For what he, He's very cunning. He knows yeah. exactly what he's doing. I'll give right? you that. Yeah. And so they're not coming out and saying these things like, gee, I never really thought it through that this is impossible to pull off. Right? As we were saying when we talk about – you know, just the, the right 20 minutes of research, we go like this, this doesn't pencil out. The math doesn't work out. Them adding that many, if they added that many electric cars in California, that's the equivalent of adding two AC units to every house in California. And we can't handle the electrical infrastructure. The it was the it same now. as uh, what, 12 fridges or? Yeah. 20, it was like 20, 20 something 20, 25 fridges, fridges yeah. for, for, for every household. And it's also, you look at the cost is, is the, the, the Public Utilities Commission goes, okay, so we're crunching some numbers here. For every additional electric car that you add from this day on, we need another $6,000 per car to have the infrastructure to charge it. Right. Which is fucking insane. Like, we're already like. Well, it's every time you try to apply logic to this, right. It just exactly. it fails. And there's right? a reason. And I've, and I cut me off if I'm about to step no, on no, no. your point. But um, what what they, these people are are religious fundamentalists mm-hmm. about the climate, right? Which you know, to me, it's I don't really care that you're a religious fundamentalist, mm-hmm. but I want you to admit it exactly that this isn't based on facts. It isn't based on data. Weird. It is based on your religious belief about the climate, and we this are is, riding in the same. Farting horse and buggy right now, buddy. (laughs) I was uh, telling a close family friend that I've known for pretty much my whole life uh, recently that I had come to the realization that government was like probably the greatest evil in the world. Uh And her response to me was that you sound like a religious fundamentalist. Like you have a religious fervor about what you're saying. And, you know, at the moment, in the moment, I didn't really have much of a response to, uh, to that, but it I stuck with me that she said that. And I thought about it. And when I came to, what conclusion I came to is that, well, maybe I, I am, you know, adamant about this in the same way that I'm adamant about religious things. Mm-hmm. But the people that are believers in the government have the same knee-jerk religious reaction when I say that the government is evil. 
Mm-hmm. You know, because they right. they have a religious belief that the government is yeah. is great, and I don't really care. It's like just it, what's so bad about being religious? Yeah. You know, I, fine. I am religious. I because I believe that the individual's autonomy is a God given thing is a is a something that God gave us. He gave us all free will. He gave us all individuality. He didn't give us um, a a group. He gave us our heart and our soul and our personal relationship with God. Yeah. Right. We are individuals. Inalienable rights. We are not just individuals, but we are individuals. And that is something that is innate in every single person that's ever born. You are yourself and you own yourself and you are the, the, your own king and your own kingdom. Right. Um, so what's the big deal? And if you're, if you have a religious fervor for climate change, just accept that. Yeah. And admit it. I've, I've had similar conversations with people. And then I always like to point out, I don't know, there's a bit of a paradox that this person, I mean, I wasn't there, but I've had similar experiences and they're saying that as a pejorative, like you're right. like religious basically. And it's like, I don't have a problem with the religion. I don't see that as, yeah. a, as a bad thing. Like I am religious. Right. What is I the to church? What is the bad thing? If it, the bad thing is that, well, you're being religious about something that's not spiritual. Okay, and that's a fair enough. That that could be a good but argument. Then you could but, turn around to Pip because that in the experiences I've had with having these discussions with someone who I would deem to be you know, perceived to be a statist, I was like, you, for someone that likes to wrinkle their nose and kind of scoff at the idea of religion, I don't think you realize everyone has that innate capacity in their in their soul for a, a higher power. You have filled that up with government, with the idea of the state. Like politics is your religion and you're on the team. And these are the people that go like, Hey, whatever Gavin Newsom says, like, that's, that's my guy. It's like, essentially it's your, he's like, these people have become your God, yeah, which is perverse. Dude, check this out. So the drought that we're in right now, right? Um, that's news to me. The perceived drought that, we're, well, I mean, I had, I had three sump pumps running under my house for a month. You see my fucking energy bill. <laughs> I think that if I, I do think that you could classify the weather that we've been experiencing for the last 20 years as a drought in mm-hmm. California, historically speaking. Um, I, well, it doesn't matter. Whether it is or isn't, let's just say that there is a way to look at the data and say that it's a drought. Mm-hmm. Um, the takeaway from that is that what we hear, what, what they send us in the mail from the city of our city and from you know everything time you turn on the news is that we need to conserve water because of this drought. Mm-hmm. The drought is from climate change, which was caused by us. Mm-hmm. We are the ones that are that are responsible for this drought, essentially. You should feel guilty for this drought. Yes. Tell me that's not a religious right. thing. When uh, it's, it's largely, I think the going theory right now for why the Mayan civilization disappeared mm-hmm. was that it stopped raining. And they were supporting a lot, uh, a very large populations down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of their water came from water catchment. And so they didn't have rivers that they were, you know, their water supply was kind of dicey yeah. from the beginning. Right. But the rain, it always rained and they always were <laughs> able like to. California. Exactly. <laughs> right. And so eventually it stopped raining and they just, they all just, a lot of, they had a lot of death and they had a lot of crop failure and they had a lot of problems. And you just, you know, that because they were very religious Mm -hmm. and there's like a lot of uh stories about how you know the perception was that god was punishing 
them for this drought. Same thing happened with the Anasazi or the uh, the, the cliff dwelling Indians right. in New Mexico. Uh, drought is likely what kind of made them move out of there. Right. And you can just imagine these tribes feeling like, why has God forsaken us? You know, why are we being punished? And the the religious leaders telling them, well, we've been bad. We need to repent for our sins. I mean, this is very common that when disasters happen and there's these calamities that the religious, the leaders tell the people that it's God punishing us for some wrongdoing. And we hear stories about this all the time, right? Mm -hmm. We are hearing the exact same thing right now. Mm -hmm. The reason that there is a drought right now is because we've been bad yeah, and we need to change what we're doing. We are responsible. But the truth is, droughts happen in California all the goddamn time. Right. And you go back to... Half, half this place is a desert. And a lot of times they last for like hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. In the 800s, the 1200s, and the 1500s, I was just to name a few centuries, um, they had droughts that were 150 years or longer. Yeah. I mean, that's like way worse <laughs> than what we're experiencing right now. Right? So... I don't believe climate change was, or human man-made climate change was responsible for those droughts. Climate change, yes, as the definition of climate change, right? But right. anyways, so it's just all that to say is that this just you are being religious about this thing. So the the cars are not zero emissions. They are powered by electricity which is created with emissions. Yes. Okay. Six, 60, 60. Admit that. Yeah, which, just admit so that you're a religious fundamentalist the, about this, and we're good. Okay, I don't care if you want to tell me that we're we have to drive electric cars because God wants us to, or it's the right thing to do, or I just believe in it. Okay, fine. Yeah, then that's fine. But don't try to tell me that it's a that there is that that your data is correct when you're saying that it's zero emissions. That's a bold-faced lie. So I like I, I like where you're going with that, and you're gonna. I found this article that I think you're gonna find really interesting because it definitely touches on what you just left, and the. So you, we can go through like the obvious hypocrisies of electric vehicles. It's like, well, it's an electric car. Like why? Like, and I'm not anti-electric car. You want to buy an electric car, buy an electric car. Like it's fine with me. Like some of those cars are really nice. I'm not, I'm not like a ride or die fucking gas guy. Like I'm in the market for a what, go-kart right now. <laughs> what I'm against is forced behavior modification decided by someone else that this is what I believe. So therefore you will bend the knee and we will enforce this by law which is what we have, which is my problem with all of society, with everything, every single law, to be honest with you. Yeah. Which is where we get free driving. So back exactly. to, to, so when people say like, well, I'm buying electric vehicle, um, it's better for the environment. So well, 60% of our electricity is generated by natural gas and coal. So where's your electricity coming from? And we're going to add an additional, so they, in California, they've already kind of guesstimated that, if they did do this, we're, with this jump in electric cars. I think right now it's last year the amount of cars sold in California are somewhere between ten and twelve percent were electric vehicles, and so we're going to talk about in by twenty 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 six it being thirty percent, and then by twenty thirty five it being a hundred percent. And the public utilities commissioning says like that's going to add an additional forty percent load onto our electrical infrastructure, which is already. For you, those of you not in California, if it gets hot, they fucking shut your power off. Like, we have rolling brownouts all the time. It's, like, common. You know, yeah. School's out. Sorry. You know what I mean? It's too hot or it's too windy. Right. Well, we need more wind and solar power. <laughs> <laughs> fucking ridiculous. And so, 
you look at, so then you go like, okay, so let's look at, you know, another kind of like low hanging fruit would be like, well, where's, where's the technology for your car coming from? It's lithium and it's cobalt. 70% of the world's cobalt happens to be in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And I don't know if you have looked up any of the documentaries of African mining practices, but if you're an environmentalist, I would definitely check those out. Also, it's being done by forced child labor, I was as say, in slaves. If you care about human beings. <laughs> yeah, human be- yeah, human beings. And if you, if you care about slavery, that's where, your, that's where your battery's coming from. And again, if you are okay with that, like, I'd stop my business if you want to dive in an electric car. But, what but just I'm, admit it. Yeah, what I'm bringing up here, the reason why I'm bringing this stuff up, though, is that, number one, the math doesn't hold up. None of this stuff pencils out. And so when something doesn't pencil out like that, you have to go, like, okay, what other motive is going on? It takes 20 minutes of research to realize, like, just let's take the electrical grid, just that part. It's like, how, how, how's it going to happen? And then when Pete, but it edge. It was in Congress. He's like Thomas Massey goes like, how, 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 how would the electrical grid? You're talking twelve years, twenty thirty five, where you're going to redo the entire electrical infrastructure of the United States? Remember what his answer was? Yes, yeah. we will because we have to. Yeah. That's not a fucking answer, dude. That, that's no. You're riding a unicorn right now, especially with the track record of the government. <laughs> yes, because remember we said like, is this the same bureaucratic entity that's in charge of widening the freeway south of here that's been going on for thirty something years and they're still not even close to done? Yeah, because like I'm just going, you know, going off the track record. I'm a little just I got some questions is, is all I'm saying. So I found this article. So to go back to. You know how you're saying it would actually be refreshing? It's sometimes it's more refreshing to interact with a just diehard activist and they fucking throw their cards on the table. It's like they don't they're not yeah. none of this hidden agenda shit. <clears throat> right. This this article, this was in the Wall Street Journal. It says the climate crusaders are coming for electric cars too. And this was done by the University of California, Davis. If you want to find the article, it is at subscriber.politicopro.com. Uh, it's called Achieving Zero Emissions with More Mobility and Less Mining. Um, it's a very dense, very dry academic journal. But what they spell it in this article... It's kind of refreshing, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I might actually get some data here, <laughs> some facts. It says, and this is from the Wall Street Journal article, it says, replacing all gasoline-powered cars with electric vehicles won't be enough to prevent the world from overheating, so people will have to give up their cars. This is what this study is saying. They're saying we're not, because when we say, like, hey, I got some questions. This whole move to electric cars is just, it, it doesn't add up. It doesn't pencil out. This math doesn't add up. What do we do with the electrical grid? If it's, ah. true, if it's for the environment, you know, we need to talk about, like, where we're getting these batteries. These batteries are obsolete within two to three years, and they get thrown away. You know what I mean? It's just and none of it. Even the price point of these cars, the average price of an electric car is $66,000. That's 13% higher than a combustible engine car. And that's $18,000 more. So what they're trying to do, and that's that's the, remember when they the Biden administration came out and said, we're getting a $7,500 rebate for people that buy electric cars? The very next day, all, the entire yeah. electric car market went up by about $7,500. <laughs> Surprise. So what they're trying to do, and I think this is why this article is, is, is so useful to, to check out, 
is they go through of like, you know, the problems that we just talked about of like the, just the pragmatics of like, where are these batteries coming from? Like, what are these mining practices? I mean, the mining practices for, for getting these minerals is insanely environmentally destructive. It uses a ton of water, ton of CO2 emissions. It's just, it's, you cannot call electric cars environment like environmental friendly. No, and if you watch any of the videos too, it's like thirteen year olds that are barefoot it, going down into these mines. If you are and, all like, feeling like <clears throat> slightly emotionally like vulnerable, do not watch these videos. I fucking cried. I saw one. I was just like, I have tears in my eyes. It's like it just, but I had. Yeah. It's like I gotta watch this. You're also a uh, mid forties father. It doesn't, <laughs> yes, it really doesn't true. take much to make you cry. That's true. I can attest. I also broke down at a Huggies commercial. I saw at the sports bar. <laughs> Cry like once a week now. So this, this article is interesting because they come right out and say it. And these guys are far left environmentalists. They're like, no, it's, it's refreshing to see, although it's, I, it's abhorrent, you know, the ideology and I vehemently disagree with it, but they're saying like, no, we're trying to get you out of your cars. And this article goes out like, yeah. So it's like a stepping stone, right? They're saying like, okay, we got to get people out of their mm-hmm. gas cars. We'll say that we're going to electric cars, but really we're just going to buses. Mm-hmm. The electric car thing isn't really going to work out, but we'll just kind of gloss over that. We need to get people out of their gas cars and into buses. Yeah. So they, 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 this article goes through like some of um, the smaller steps that they have taken. And so if you, we know this to be true as both people that lived in San Francisco. It's like they've done that purposely in the urban centers, which is where these ideologies are typically fostered and they kind of grow out from there. And they talk about, um, remember that four lane road that, you know, took you downtown and they just made two lanes of that a bike lane all of a sudden. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do is make it as miserable as possible. So you give up. Like, I'm just, I'm not going to drive down there. It's just, you know, I'm going to get on a bike or on some kind of public transit that's done intentionally. And these are the same people that are, that are writing these reports of like, yeah, the electrical vehicle, the electric vehicle model is kind of unsustainable on purpose. And what we're going to do, and I think it's two things, because we also talk about the controlled subjugation and surveillance aspect of the electric cars of like, you know, you saw the people last year in that um, heat wave in Michigan came home to find out that those of you that had a Nest thermostat that was set to 70 degrees. You got home and that thermostat was locked in at 78 degrees. Someone went, you know, someone went in there basically because the internet of all things go like, nope, this is as cool as your house is going to be. This is the same thing that they want to do with the electric cars. I see chopping up the bit there. What do you got? Well, (laughs) (laughs) did you uh, see that? uh, Someone sent it to me on Instagram that uh, basically in in England, Mm -hmm. the gas and electric company is breaking into people's houses and like changing their their, uh, meters and things. Wait, what's this? Without their, um, maybe Mike, could you look this up while I'm talking about it? Because um, they uh, they were doing something where they were actually breaking into people's houses when they weren't home mm-hmm. and changing their gas and electric situation, like unhooking their gas and stuff. Really? Yeah. So here, check out this. Uh, here, actually, I'll put it over here so you can see it. Oh, 
It is an impossible thing for British people to understand the Second Amendment and why Americans have guns. But let me tell you, Americans would never allow a gas company to break into their homes and mess with things inside their homes. It's not even possible. Americans look at this and just go, they're incredulous. It's not believable that that could happen because Americans are raised with freedom kind of hardwired into them. They're told it's your God-given right your freedom is yours and your second amendment right is yours to defend your freedoms with amen and british people have fed this diet of you know mass that, school uh, shootings and weapons are terrible Katie and Piers Hopkins, morgan's pants mean? wetting we she's a known guns. Yeah, guns are yeah. a terrible thing but the thing i don't is, know she is but the second amendment is what separates america from about every other country on this planet because if you break into an american's home you should plan on not being able to leave that home. It couldn't happen, it wouldn't happen, and it's why the Second Amendment is so important. It's what separates Americans, and right now, there is the greatest citizen militia of all time in America, and I find that to be a very reassuring thing, because every time Biden does something stupid, Americans buy another weapon, and that happens quite a lot. So, go to the Second Amendment, go America. Uh, I don't want to get lost in minutia. I fucking hate these reaction videos. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's stupid. I know. It's just a way, though, just, to repost someone yeah, else's I know, video. But dude, yeah, that, far, was, that was as horrible. As far as, like, uh, I don't know, adding some kind of talent to something. <laughs> yeah, just so if you're wondering what Matt's talking about, this video was one half the screen was that woman talking. The other half was another woman eating french fries nodding along <laughs> as if that was contributing something to the story which i mean in her defense she didn't say anything i think the way that instagram is designed like you yeah. kind of have to do it that way but whatever I, i'm with you though i, I agree 100 percent. so back to this article um but what about suburbanites who need cars to get around reducing car dependency will require densifying low density suburbs while allowing more people to live in existing high density urban spaces uh, stop me if this sounds at all familiar. Translation, force more people to live in shoebox apartments and make cities by making suburbs denser and less appealing. So what they do, remember that we talked about the agenda, of world, the agenda of the World Economic Forum of getting people out of any, there's this demonization of people living in the country. Those rubes out there, the more sustainable people, the tighter communities. So we need to get everyone Rubes is probably the nicest thing anyone's ever said. Right, right. Yeah. Hillbillies, hicks, backwards, white supremacists, mega inbred. Yeah. 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 They, um, so this is basically they're outlining what we always say that you'll own nothing and you'll like it. We'll get you into this dense urban center. You won't have a car. You'll live in a tiny apartment. And then that's the first step to the you'll own nothing. You'll get nothing and like it. Exactly. Exactly. Which took me to another article. Okay. That because we talk about, I feel like we spend a lot of time on this podcast trying to like dissect the psychology of the like because I see this as several different layers, right? I see the people, the Gavin Newsoms of the world, the Bidens, the the Klaus Schwabs, the Pete Bud Edge, Edge, you know, the political elite, right? It's like they know these programs don't work and they don't give a shit. And we talk about like when we talk about this uh, electric cars and you'll own nothing to like it in your tiny little apartment, you know, and maybe a UBI and 
it, the, the the greatest example is you'll you'll eat the bugs. Mm-hmm. They we try to hammer at people's heads like they don't mean them, right? They mean you guys, right. like everyone else, all you plebes. And there are the people that know this doesn't work, but there's an ulterior motive. There's an agenda, which is, which is subjugation and control. And it's having whatever given boogeyman it could be, you know, mega Republicans or you know, as we're talking about today, it's the climate or COVID. And have we talked about? Have we made a prediction? There will be a climate lockdown. Oh yeah, we've yeah. we've said that it's going to be yeah. the the COVID lockdown, as we say. COVID was the dry run. There, yeah, it's going to happen again, but it's going to be in the name of the of the climate. And to like push these agendas along, they need. You guys, the you people that fucking go along with it, and you're the same people that went along with, you know, trying to gauge six feet at the grocery store and following the little fucking arrows going the wrong way down and, and yelling at the, your neighbor for not wearing a mask and calling the cops on someone on the street because they have too many cars in their driveway for Thanksgiving. It's like they bank on you people that just with this religious fervor, this like fundamentalist like perspective to this ideology that you – pick up that pail of water and you fucking carry it as long as they want you to carry it. And what's the disgusting part is you enforce it on other people. Like you feel mm-hmm. you have a, you have a point in yourself, some kind of like a moral, like deputization. Like I can go around and you know, I got my marching orders. Like now it's time to like get to work and COVID. We saw that in full display. Yeah. And we're going to see this with climate. We are seeing this with climate already. It's like in, uh, in the Gulag archipelago when he talks about how the children, in families were being educated by the state, obviously, right. Right, mm-hmm. the Soviet Union, to a degree where they were taught, they taught these children that if your parents are doing anything that might be anti-state that you see as being, right. I mean, and by anti-state, they mean anything that was an individualistic pursuit. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were hoarding bread or um, doing a black market deal on the side. It is your duty as a citizen, to turn your parents in. Yeah. I mean, it's bad enough to turn your neighbors in, right? Children were being raised to turn their parents in. Yeah. And then what happens? Those, the, the parents get taken away, they get locked up, and the children end up in foster care. And, right. you know, it's just complete, yeah, like, statification of, of society. And yep. it's, yeah. Same thing we saw with uh, Khmer Rouge and same thing we saw in um, North Korea, uh, Escape from Camp 13. That's exactly. He watched his parents being executed, and he had no. He was born into a, a North Korean prison labor camp. Right. He watched his parents be executed. He turned in his parents and watched them be executed because they were planning to escape. And he had like no emotional connection. He, you know, just yeah. That's a dark goddamn book right there. So I found this. This I thought this is an interesting article. This is in Newsweek, and it says climate activism isn't about the planet. It's about the boredom of the bourgeoisie. And this is by a guy named Ralph uh, Schollhammer, who's an assistant professor in economics and political science at Webster University in Vienna. And he talks about that the downfall of capitalism is not going to become from this uprising of an impoverished lower class. What it's going to be is that, that in this, he got this from a guy, have you ever heard of a guy named Joseph Schumpter? Yeah. Who, uh, yeah, Austrian economist. Um, economist in 1942, I think he wrote this, and he believed that, that at some point in the future, an educated elite, um, elite would have nothing left to struggle for, and then they would in turn that struggle inward and basically start destroying the very system for which they thrived in. It's basically the boredom of the privileged and the elite. This made me think of 
how many articles have we seen of like Antifa arrests? Turns out the guy's dad was a judge and his mom was a lawyer, you know, mm. like entitled like rich kids. And I thought about the yeah. anecdotally, the people that I know, it's, it's, a bit of a it is a privilege and 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 a and a luxury and it's almost like a so, uh, a social strata that you get to kick back and you bitch about the climate and yell at other people that they're not doing the right thing for the climate. I mean, we see that on steroids here in the San Francisco Bay Area, and that's rich entitled people screaming that other people need to adapt this behavior modification yeah. and do things differently. No, it's it's abhorrent behavior. It's mm-hmm. if you really reflect on what you're doing, you are living in absolute comfort and ease thanks to mm-hmm. fossil fuels fossil mainly. Fuels. Right. Right? It's made your economy function, it's made your house warm, it's made your everything around you easier and the rest of the world isn't catching up using the same technology and you're saying Basically, sorry, not you guys. Yeah. No, we we did it. We're here. And I'm going to drive an electric car, so I'm no longer guilty. Right. But you people, all of you have to stop using fossil fuels. You have to, uh, I don't know, ride a bike. I guess. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's the way to be. I'm, I'm going to need you to eat the bugs. Exactly. <laughs> it's just exactly. the right thing to do. Do you know who Paul Ehrlich is? No. Paul Ehrlich wrote the population bomb. I think that was mm. published in the 60s, 70s, I believe. Okay. Uh, this is him on the first person is not Paul Ehrlich, but the second guy is, this is him in 60 minutes. There are five times in earth's history where we had mass extinctions, and by mass extinctions, I mean uh, at least 75%, three-quarters of the known species disappearing from the face of the Earth. Now, we're witnessing what a lot of people are calling the sixth mass extinction. Well, humanity a lot is of not people. sustainable. To maintain uh, our lifestyle, it's yours and mine, basically, for the entire planet, you'd need five more Earths. Not clear where they're going to come from. So here's, besides us anecdotally <laughs> knowing that it's fucking stupid, but here's my problem with this. is Paul Ehrlich, that was recently on 60 Minutes, and then he was Recently? Yeah, hmm. this is recently. Um, he has a career, uh, career as basically a professional doom monger as it pertains to the client. And his first major book, this um, The Population Bomb. So here's, we talk about this all the time on this podcast, but here's my problem of us playing these fucking gotcha, scary clips, you know, fear porn. And then, as we were just saying earlier, like, well, let's look at this track record of this guy. Population bomb. He said that the UK would be completely gone by 2000. He says that we would have a complete starvation and die off by the 80s. I mean, this dude has 60-something predictions that I went through, and every single one was wrong, right? And he has the basically the, the benefit of being in his nineties now and able to, if he had some semblance of self-awareness to look back on his life, like everything I have said, my entire career has been wrong. And it's like, why are we putting this guy on 60 minutes? Why are we sharing these clips? It, it, like do you hear what he said on 60 minutes? Like we're looking at another like mass extinction. I was like, yeah, but everything else he said was fucking wrong. 
You know what I mean? I don't take financial advice from Jim Cramer, that guy on, <laughs> I don't know what shows that guy's on. Mad Money? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I remember the advice he was giving out like right before the, the 2008 before financial the- <laughs> crash. It's like, why, why would you, why is that guy on TV still? Why are we listening to him? Who is taking financial advice from this guy? Like who's listening to Paul Ehrlich going like, well, shit, the electric car is a good idea because we're looking at a, a mass That's a good analogy though, because no one's taking financial advice from Jim Cramer. His show is an entertaining show. That's that's the purpose of the show. It's an entertainment show. It's not a it's not there to actually give people data and facts and statistics and logic in order to make a, a decision. It's there for ratings. It's not like this podcast. No. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish our listeners could see Mike's face right now. <laughs> No, this podcast is obviously the here to furrow of the brow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the same thing with the yeah, exactly. This exact same thing with the with the religious. Or, excuse me, did I say religious. The uh, climate change mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, it's like this guy gets to keep saying what he's saying because people don't believe in this than the climate change narrative because it makes logical sense Uh they believe in it because it is the religion of their tribe and to go against it means being ostracized from your tribe which is scary then you got to go live with the neanderthals yeah and this is great like us i'm glad glad you brought that up because when we when we bring up the notion on this podcast of like what these people get everything wrong right so let's take it in the context of covid you know when anthony fauci comes out and lies about the vaccine or lies about masks right and he gets caught on the lie and he comes around and says like yeah it was it was a lie but it was a it was a just and righteous lie because i had to get people to listen to me i had to get him to mask up i had him to get to to take these shots it was a it was a it was a lie for the right reason right it was a morally just lie right right a white lie which is there are no jews in the attic yes which is a essentially the the same idea as you know what we talk about the deconstruction of, of truth and cultural Marxism, and in this article that I found a quote from Alexandria Ocasio Cortez because I was me saying I was reading the, the stats on this Paul Ehrlich guy. I was like, why would why why was anyone listening to this guy? He got everything wrong. His entire career has got every single thing wrong. There was no die off. There was no starvation. There was no famine. There was no ice age. You know, UK is not underwater. You know, every and we're still listening to this guy. He's he's been talking for. 50 fucking years. Like, who is listening to this guy? What's wrong with your brain? Like, why? You know, what, what, what is that weird caveman DNA that you can't shut off that you just yeah. have to, like, no, that, my religion is this thing. Exactly. And so then I found this clip, and I had to find it. I was like, there's no way that she said that. This is, like, rich, because what we talk about, the deconstruction of truth, and the way these people are always long, uh, wrong, and they keep, like, doubling down, doubling down, and people keep listening to them. I thought this clip here, like, perfectly... Like illustrated that. I think that there's a lot of people more concerned about being precisely, factually, and semantically correct than about being morally right. Can you be morally right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. What we're talking about. (laughs) She said it better than I could. Yeah. Exactly. Sometimes these people, they just do your work for you. Yeah. Isn't that nice? So, anyone that wants to find that article, it's on newsweek.com. Um, it is called Climate Activism Isn't About the Planet, It's About the Boredom of the Bourgeoisie. 
and I highly suggest mm. reading it. I highly suggest looking at the other article on Wall Street Journal, which is um, the Climate Crusaders are coming for electric cars too. And that one has a link to the actual study uh, written by the was that University of Davis, yeah, University of California Davis. Um, and that was written by a network of academics and policy experts called the Climate and Community Project, and they're the ones that wrote the paper. And that one, it's dry, it's it's deep, but it's fascinating because they are coming right out and saying like, yeah, no, the electric car thing is not going to work, and it wasn't meant to work. We're just trying to get you out of your cars, which I appreciate. Well, the renewable thanks for not dicking the dog and the, just saying what, what, you, what you're really trying to do. Renewable energy is the same ploy, right? If yeah. you, I mean, I didn't think of it until just now, but it, if you think of it in those same terms. It's not about the renewable energy. It's about getting you to stop. It's about using behavior gas modification to stop using right. fossil fuels. Yeah, that's why they're banning the stoves and banning gas and a lot. Of, I mean, the town we live in, a new house in this town is not allowed yeah. to have gas, gas hooked yeah. up to it. Right, right. Um, and we are also one of those towns where the power just goes off all the time. I mean, we have rolling brownouts, <laughs> right? Blackouts and thank God time. it doesn't freeze here in the winter very badly. Right, but in Texas, where they've adopted almost They've ruined their um, electrical or their their energy grid right. in Texas by going to all favoring. I shouldn't say going to all, but favoring renewables over gas mm-hmm. in the most gas rich state in the union. Not ironically, right? Yeah. Um, and what they've gotten for it is in the winters they, you know, they, they have to shut down because they don't have. They can't heat their homes. They can't power their homes. It's, it's ridiculous. Every house in Texas is powered by electricity, not by gas. Right. And we're doing the same thing. We're just banning gas mm-hmm. from being in homes. The one thing that has lifted more people out of poverty and out of the, the just depths of human suffering than anything else, we're banning that. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Well, it's being done intentionally. It's forced behavior modification. It's We are trying to control and subjugate an entire population and we're we're doing it with the guise of the religion known as climate change did you ever watch uh michael moore's documentary uh -uh. about it well the the one that he uh produced the green energy scam yeah it's called uh planet of the humans Mm -hmm. can i play the trailer for you sure biomass plants Controversial filmmaker Michael Moore has a new documentary out on green energy, and what he's saying is shocking a lot of people. Was that movie just about climate change? Or something else? In Planet of the Humans, Michael Moore makes two major points. One, that green energy is a fraud. It's not lowering greenhouse gas emissions, it's increasing them. And two, that environmental organizations and individuals have sold out to companies promoting green energy as if it was the solution to our problem when it's part of the problem. Lori Goldstein talking. I haven't found a single entity anywhere in the world that's running on 100% solar and wind alone. In the film, Moore goes through every form of green energy that we know of. Wind turbines, solar panels, electric vehicles, ethanol, biomass, biofuel. First of all, he shows how none of them could exist without fossil fuel energy, that fossil fuel energy goes into creating all of them. Second, he talks about the enormous resources that have to be put into these things. It's John clips of how they make silicone, polymers, 
DMT? <laughs> Silver mines. Cobalt. What's surprising and what's admirable about Moore's film is that you would expect him, being on the left, to praise green energy without any qualifications. In fact, he's taken a hard look at it and he's realized some hard truths about green energy. And for that, his film deserves attention. I'm Laurie Goldstein from the Toronto Sun. We're always interested in your opinions and please follow us I on shouldn't, Facebook. Um, I shouldn't... I should ignore the... I guess, reflexive biases that I have in my mind. But I'm surprised that Michael Moore took that angle because I find him to be like pretty insufferable. You like, mean because he's a white male? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. totally did. So, Dude, hats off to him for yeah. doing that. He's gotten a lot of shit for it, Yeah, un- sure not surprisingly. Yeah, it goes against um, the narrative. And I've watched actually some, uh, some videos of people trying to re- rebuff the right word rebuff what he said rebuke review um and nemo it's <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's um the videos remind me a lot of like a politico fact check yeah you know the, right <laughs> they just they don't have the, there's no they're, they nitpick little things about it. They, Fact check. We asked the World Economic Forum, and they said that they're not requiring unvaccinated pilots. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Exactly. <laughs> so I just want to kind of, again, like I'm not anti-electric car. If you want an electric car, that, that's not what I'm saying. When I am, I'm against mandated behavior modification. And I'm especially against any kind of mandate when it's done under the guise of just complete hypocritical, like just nonsense and bullshit. I mean, it takes you 20 minutes of research to see that none of this pencils out. I mean, just the electrical grid alone, like it's ridiculous. And so when something doesn't add up, so obviously like that, you go like, well, there's something nefarious going on and we need to look into it. And that's when it's just, it's, it's the same thing as the COVID narrative. And I mean, whatever issue goes on, it always comes down to, we bring up a lot of those podcasts is we're constantly bringing up the notion of like, why is all of the solutions and the people making the solution? It's just the same cast of characters and it always seems to be the same solutions. And that comes down to behavior modification and a, an erosion of your civil liberties, your personal autonomy, the idea of property rights, your, 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 your freedom of movement, you know, they're trying to get us onto public transportation or some kind of, you know, bullshit electric vehicle that can be shut off if you say the wrong thing online. I know this sounds hyperbolic, but I would like to hear the argument against noticing that everything is screaming in that direction and has been for several years now, beginning with the COVID narrative. And if you think that if you want to look down your nose at people, you think you're doing something environmentally responsible by driving an electric vehicle, I would just remind you that your car runs on blood diamonds and for the poor citizens... And gas. (laughs) And gas. (laughs) And for the people living in the Democratic Republic of Congo that just happens to be on 70% of the world's cobalt, um, I hate to break it to you. If this direction keeps going, I uh, I would hold tight, guys. You're about to ready to get some democracy dropped on your ass. Thank you.